Hello, people of New York and people visiting New York. We know that your commute can be boring, so we've created a little game for you that you can play on the subway or when you're walking around town. Whenever you see that bright pink and yellow poster for Radio Love Fest, all you have to do is snap a photo of it and then tweet it to us at NPR Ask Me Another with the hashtag I Spy Radio Love Fest. One lucky winner will receive a pair of tickets to see us at our show June 6th at the Brooklyn Academy of Music with our special guests. They might be Giants and Jad and Robert from Radiolab. So remember, use the hashtag IspyRadioLoveFest and send us your shots to at NPR Ask Me Another. And if you want more info and details, just go to our Facebook page. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of brain-teasing puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in the show, we're going to go grocery shopping with celebrities, learn some really long German words, and quiz a man who reads the encyclopedia from A to Z, author of the know-it-all, A.J. Jacobs. But right now, let's welcome our music know-it-all, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Thank you. Hello. Let's get things started with our first two fabulous contestants, Rich Armstrong and Joe DiDio. Hi. Rich, Joe, welcome. Thank you. Joe, what is your favorite city outside of New York City? Uh, it's probably uh, San Francisco, I think. Yeah, like yeah. the hills? Sure, I got a little bit of everything. It's sort of like New York, but with a little better weather sometimes. How about you, Rich? I gotta say Rome. Rome. Yeah. Well, that's very Mr. Look at Fancy. That's how I roll. That's how you roam? That's how I roam. Uh, oh yeah, okay, very good. Well, Jonathan and I have jobs that send us on the road a lot, so we've seen a lot of different cities, and playing on that knowledge, we have this game called Street Smarts, and this is how we play it. We're gonna lead you down an imaginary tour of famous avenues and boulevards around the world, and you have to give us the name of the street we're on. Okay, and the winner of this round moves on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. And we're walking, we're walking. Known as a location for parades and protest marches, this famed street was laid out by the architect Pierre L'Enfant. Just behind us, we see the U.S. Capitol, and in a few blocks, we'll be arriving at the White House. Joe. Pennsylvania Avenue. That is correct. So if you look here, uh, you'll see number three on this famous street is a nine-bedroom Georgian townhouse built in the 1830s, acquired by the Gramophone Company in 1931, and later converted into a recording studio. Pink Floyd, Depeche Mode, and Radiohead have all recorded here. Rich. Abbey Road? That is right. Okay, let's keep up now. We've crossed Wilshire Boulevard, and between here and Santa Monica Boulevard is a three-block commercial stretch, legendary for its super high-end boutiques. There's something for everyone in this part of Beverly Hills, whether you came to shop or gawk at celebrities. Rich. The Sunset Strip. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Joe, for the steel. Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive is correct. Okay, let's try to keep this group together. We have some stragglers. On the left here is Galatoire, one of the many notable spots on a street famous for restaurants, bars, and clubs. And yes, that includes strip clubs. But despite our famously lax open container laws here, this street is not named for a type of alcohol, but for a former ruling family of France. Rich. What is Bourbon Street? Yes. There's a wealth of sights in the old city of Jerusalem. One of the most popular with Christian pilgrims is this winding route we're walking on now, beginning where the Antonio Fortress once stood and heading west to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's said to be a path in which Jesus carried his cross to his crucifixion, which explains its Latin name, which translates into way of suffering or way of grief. Rich. Via Dolorosa. Indeed it is. Well done. Not far from where we're standing now are buildings that the Grateful Dead and Janis Joplin once called home. 
This was the epicenter of 1960s hippie culture, and you can still see its tie-dyed legacy all around us. Yucko. We are two blocks in from the Golden Gate Park at the intersection of the two streets that give this neighborhood its name. Both streets, please. Joe. Hate and Ashbury. That's right. And we're walking, we're walking, with its picturesque horse chestnut trees and a blocks of cafes and luxury shops, you're now on one of the most expensive stretches of pavement in the world. But the real draw is the monuments from the Obelisk of Luxor at the Place de la Concorde to the Arc de Triomphe. Joe. Champs-Élysées. Champs-Élysées is correct. Well done. And Joe, you are the winner of this round. It was a tight match. Well done, Rich. Thank you so much. Joe, you'll be moving on to our final showdown at the end of our show. Jonathan, do you have a song about the road or for the road or with the road to take us on the road? I do, as a matter of fact. This song is about uh, one of those tools that I use to continue to feel human when I'm alone and traveling. This is called Sky Mall. O'Hare is nice this time of year I stow my bags and find my seat And buy a beer, settle in Such is my life here on the road Now my seat back is up, tray table stowed And there's nothing to do I gotta get myself through so I'm shopping in Sky Mall, Five Mile High Mall It always has just what I need When I get to the gate and remember too late I should have brought something to read I'm okay, cause I know that I'm gonna shop Sky Mall I know that I'm gonna shop Sky Mall Jonathan Colton. Thank you. Have you ever shopped anything? Have you ever bought anything from Sky Mall? By the I, way? I have bought some things from Sky Mall. Yeah? Yeah. I bought the, you know, the statue that's a Yeti? No. Bigfoot. <laughs> no, you didn't. It's a garden, garden statue that's a Bigfoot? Yeah. That was for a friend. On stage right now, we have Alexa Fields and Michael Haskell. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, like many of our contestants, you are really into Dungeons and Dragons. I assume all of them. All of them. Uh, and you've been even playing one game for about eight years. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. If you could have any D and D monster as a pet, which one would it be? Go on. <laughs> yeah. Which one would it be? Which one would you like to have as a pet? Bullywug. Okay, can you describe Bullywug to... Uh... Frogmen with spears, but cool, but cool, but cool. Sure. Uh, Alexa, do you understand what that whole conversation was about? Do you play d and I do. Wow, look at that. <laughs> do you have a favorite monster from D&D that you would like to have as a pet? Oh, I'm afraid I don't. Well. Bullywug? <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with just my cat. <laughs> it's hard to know who's cooler right now, isn't it? <laughs> Our next game is called A Perfect Game. Sounds punny. I don't know why you would think it sounds punny, but yes, you are right. This game is perfect because every correct answer will have an animal sound in it. To help you out, we will name the appropriate animal in the clue. For example, if I ask, Larry Bird's 140-character blurb was so funny, you shared it with your friends. By doing this, you would say, retweet. We've offended at least one person. So you see Larry Bird, it has the word bird in it, and then it's retweet, which is an animal sound. You get what's happening, right? Okay, here we go. If a cow wore this piece of fad jewelry, its gem might turn black after a stressful day of milking, or blue when she's enjoying a nice graze. Michael. Mood ring? Can you say it with the animal sound? Mood ring. <laughs> That is right. 
This astronaut was as busy as a bee while trying to land on the sea of tranquility with Neil Armstrong. Alexa. Buzz Aldrin. Yes. <laughs> on this classic children's show, the postman, Mr. McFeely, often made special deliveries like saddles or lucky horseshoes. Michael? Ah, uh, humbug. <laughs> Alexa? Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, that, I admire your commitment to theater. That's fantastic. <laughs> this eventful decade began with frolicking flappers and ended in financial ruin and featured the first appearance of MGM's Leo the Lion. Michael? Roaring 20s. Yes. I like how we've inadvertently uh, made another level of competition. Yes. We've added. <laughs> this word is defined as wordy and generally unintelligible jargon, like a turkey trying to recite Shakespeare. Michael? Gobbledygook. <laughs> yes. That's the worst turkey I've ever heard, but yes, that's right. <laughs> While watching Lassie on your home entertainment system, this large speaker might provide some serious bass for the dog's barks. Michael? Woofer. Uh, yes, yes. We were actually looking for sub-woofer, but I will, I will accept woofer. The pigeons swooned when this CNN anchor walked around Haiti in a tight-fitting T-shirt that highlighted his white hair. Alexa. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> very good. That was beautiful, Alexa. Well, uh, looks like Michael won this round. Congratulations, Michael. You'll be moving on to the Ask Me One More final round. Thank you so much, Alexa. up our VIP that's very important puzzler is author AJ Jacobs. He's made a living by being a human guinea pig from reading the encyclopedia to living biblically for an entire year. So I ask you this. When asked how long it took him to write his book Drop Dead Healthy, AJ was able to answer that question in miles. How many miles did it take AJ Jacobs to write Drop Dead Healthy? Stick around the answer coming up on NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Imagine you could call up a friend and say, Hey, do you want to meet me at a bar and tell me what's going on with the economy? Now imagine that's actually a super fun conversation. Now stop imagining and subscribe to the Planet Money podcast. Find Planet Money on iTunes along with all kinds of other great NPR podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and before the break, I asked how many miles did it take our VIP A.J. Jacobs to write Drop Dead Healthy? For the answer, let's turn to our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Ophira. It took A.J. 1,000 miles to write his book Drop Dead Healthy. How does he know this? Because he wrote it while walking on a treadmill. That's right. He set up his computer on a bunch of boxes and walked while he wrote. So that's basically like walking from New York to Orlando. <laughs> he sounds insane. I can't wait. Slightly, yes. <laughs> now, ready or not, here are our next two contestants, Juliet Guarino-Berg and Alana Miller, settling in behind their puzzle podiums. Welcome to you both. Julia, you love creating word puzzles for your family? 
I do. I don't know if they enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> I tend to put them as attachments in emails and then get emails back that say, are you sending me viruses? <laughs> um, so that tends to be an interesting experience for everybody. But you're like, no, I'm sending you something I love exactly. that I made. <laughs> And Alana, you're a college professor who teaches news writing and public speaking? Yes. Do you have a public speaking tip I could use? Oh, goodness. Don't talk with your back to the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> How do you get people started like, to like, break the ice? Is there anything that you... Uh, I ask them what TV shows they like, what movies they like, and then usually I judge them for it. <laughs> <laughs> Based on their answers? Yes. Okay, perfect. Our next game is called Spreken Say Deutsch. Mary, I, I speak languages of romance, so this game is all yours. Thank you, Ophira. Contestants, for this game, the challenge is quite simple. Well, I should say it's simple for you, but maybe not for me, because I will say, or attempt to say, a word in German, and you must determine whether it's real or fake. I will provide real definitions for the real words and fake ones for the fake words. We'll alternate between contestants for this, so there's no need to ring in. The winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. So we'll start with you, Juliet. Windschutzscheibenwischer, known to Americans as windshield wipers. I'm going to say that's real. Correct. That is real. Nicely done. Alana. Geschwindigkeitsbegrenzung. A word that you might be tempted to say slowly because it means speed limit. Real. Yes, it is real. Nicely done. <laughs> Juliet. Kinderspielzugneinausbildung. Or a children's toy that provides no developmental benefit. I happen to be a teacher and I hear kinder in there, so I'm going to say that that's real. Ah, uh, good guess, but it is Fake. It's not. There's no such thing as a toy in Germany that is not good for development. (laughs) Alana. (laughs) Rolltreppenbenutzungsschinweis. A word that refers to those handy tips for using the escalator. I'm going to say real. Yes, that is real. Nicely done. (laughs) Juliet. Hundkopf tonnenossen Autofenster, or the sound a dog makes when hanging out of a car window. I'm going to say that's fake. Yes, that is fake. Well done. Alana. Nachrichten korrespondent fernsehen und richtigkeit. Or a mistake made by a local television news reporter. Uh, I'm going to say fake. Yes, it is fake. Correct. <laughs> Juliet. Reinfleisch, Erkehrungsüberwachungsaufgaben, Übertragungsgesetz. That's a word that refers to the law on the delegation of duties for supervision of beef labeling. I'm going to say that's fake. I'm sorry, that's real. <laughs> And that word was named the longest German word of 1999. (laughs) Not anymore. Yes, not anymore. Which refers to the suspicion that your sibling is the favored child of your father. I definitely think that's real. I'm sorry, that's fake. Congratulations, Alana. You are the winner of this round. You'll be moving on to our final showdown at the end. Thank you so much, Juliet. You are a great contestant. Mary, how long have you been speaking German? That was fantastic. Thank you. It's like I was born speaking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Do you speak it? No. Are you smarter than the average bear? Be a contestant on NPR's Ask Me Another. Just send us an email to askmeanother at npr.org or find us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll send you a quiz to get things rolling, and before you know it, you'll be the envy of Jellystone Park. Let's welcome our next two contestants. Jamie 
Kopf and Nathaniel Taylor Leach. Now, I know you both have a, a musician or band that you are obsessed with, so let's talk about that. Jamie, what uh, band or musician are you obsessed with? Oh, several, but I love the Grateful Dead. I Grateful do. Dead, you're I a deadhead. Yeah. 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 And okay, so <laughs> did you, what, what's your level of obsession? Did you? tour follow I got into them my first show was actually the summer that Jerry Garcia died so I made it to my first show and I thought wow this is neat I could really get into this and uh, and he died but I've kept up with it <laughs> <laughs> which was unfortunate for okay. both of us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right Nathaniel how about you uh well I know it's common but it has to be the Beatles oh yes okay all right. And all right. how do you mark this level of obsession? Um, well, I had an all-Beatles radio show uh, for all four years I went to college. That's, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, for this next round, I'm actually going to hand it over to the man who sings for his supper, Jonathan Colton. I'm actually not that hungry, so I'm just going to do this for fun. <laughs> this game is called Musical Weather Report. And we have rewritten the lyrics of famous songs that include weather conditions in their titles. You have to tell us the real names of the song. For instance, if I did this, Nice day, no clouds. You would say, Good day, sunshine. That's a Beatles song. <laughs> uh, and after each song, there will be a follow-up question that either of you can ring in and answer. So the winner of this round will go on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. How many years can some people exist Before they're allowed to be free How many times can a man turn his head Pretending he just doesn't see The answer, my friend, is whistling in the breeze The answer is whistling in the breeze Nathaniel. Blowing in the wind? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> Named after an Irish Royal Navy officer, the Beaufort scale relates wind speed to observed conditions like a light breeze or a strong gale. In contrast, the Fujita scale, ranging from F0 to F5, measures the intensity of what more severe weather phenomenon? Nathaniel. Air pressure? Ooh, I'm sorry, it is not air pressure. I mean, you're on to something, but it's not that exact answer. Jamie. A hurricane. Hurricane, good idea. Also incorrect, I'm afraid. Good guesses both. Let me uh, throw it out there. Tornadoes. Tornadoes is the right one. Both of you are clearly very close. Try this one. Here I am. Shake you like a tropical storm. Jamie. Rock you like a hurricane. There you go. The Scorpions, my mother's second favorite band after Zamfir. True story. The Hurricane Cocktail is a favorite of Al Jackson and Jimmy Buffett when it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> a proper hurricane is made with some passion fruit juice, a little lime, and two different types of the same liquor. What is that liquor? Jamie. Rum. Rum is correct. Dark. It's pouring dudes. Hallelujah, it's pouring dudes. Amen. I'm gonna go out and let myself get absolutely soaking wet. It's pouring dude. <laughs> Jamie. It's raining men. It's raining men. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's by the Weather Girls, and the Weather Girls would love to make it rain men, but in slang terms, as referenced in a 2006 hip hop song by Fat Joe. Making it rain means throwing what into the air? Nathaniel. Cash money? You got it. <laughs> Whenever I'm with him, something inside starts to burn in, and I'm filled with desire. 
Could it be the devil in me? Is this the way love's supposed to be? It's like a hot streak. Jamie, it's like a heat wave. Heat wave! It feels like a heat wave all the time in one particular part of the country. What U.S. state currently holds the record for the hottest temperature ever recorded? California? California is correct. Do you know where in California? Uh, Death Valley. Hey, there you go. 134 degrees. Yeah, on uh, July 10th, 1913. Okay, here we go. It's getting very warm, so take off all your clothes. I am getting so warm, I want to take my clothes off. Nathaniel. Hot and her. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It'd be especially hot in her for Nelly if he was on the surface of our solar system's hottest planet. Ha <laughs> ha. Where the temperatures can reach a balmy 880 degrees Fahrenheit. Surprisingly, it's not Mercury. I know that was your first thought. Wrong. Because Mercury doesn't have an atmosphere. But rather, what planet is it? Nathaniel. Venus. You got it. Venus is correct. Well, that was a very close match, but it looks like, Jamie, you'll be moving on to our final showdown. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. Thank you. So, Jonathan, do you have a song that can change the atmosphere that we've created from that game? Yes, Ophira. I feel a low-pressure front coming in, don't you? (laughs) I do. This is a song from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Raindrops keep falling on my head Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit those Raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I did me some talking to the sun I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job, though Raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling But there's one thing I know The blues they send to meet me won't defeat me It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me Jonathan Colton. Let's say hello to our next two contestants, who I'd like to point out shook hands with each other. Let's welcome Helene Busby and Jack Jackson. So you both are very well-versed in pop culture, so I will ask you, uh, Jack, who is your favorite celebrity to hate? Oh. I know. <laughs> There's so many. They're mouths, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. Okay. Helene, how about you? Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Interesting. Both of you have problems with blondes. (laughs) All right. Well, this game is called Supermarket of the Stars. Yes. There are plenty of celebrity-endorsed products in the grocery aisles, like Newman's own salad dressing, but why stop there? In this game, we've mashed together famous individuals with some well-known supermarket items. For example, if we said in her spare time, George W. Bush's second Secretary of State created a new flavor of the San Francisco treat... That would be Condoleezza Rice-A-Roni. <laughs> Condensants, ring in with the combined celebrity product name. Women have been snagging up this brand of heavy-duty aluminum foil ever since it was sponsored by the hunky actor who starred in Green Lantern. Jack. Ryan's Reynolds rap. Ryan's Reynolds rap is right. <laughs> On a diet... Try this powdered low-calorie iced tea mix from a frequent Oscars host. You look marvelous. Helene. Billy Crystal Light? That is correct. 
This product slogan is two breakfast cereals diverged on a wooden shelf, and I, I took the one more sugary, <laughs> and they're great. <laughs> Helene, um, Robert Frosted Flakes. <laughs> yes, indeed <Hi>. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, every package of this popular sliced bread is personally signed, sealed, and delivered by this Motown artist. Jack. Stevie Wonder Bread. Stevie Wonder Bread. <laughs> the legendary Broadway actor who won a Tony Award for Cabaret recommends you spice up your hot dogs with this brand of Dijon mustard. <laughs> Helene. Uh. Ooh. Something French, so. <laughs> Jack. Joel Grey Poupon. There you go, Joel Grey Poupon. After tense negotiations with Count Chocula, Minnesota's junior senator decided to join General Mills with this pink, sweet, and monstrous breakfast cereal. Jack. John Frankenberry. Well, no. Okay. Okay, Helene. Al Frankenberry. Yes, Al yes. Frankenberry. I can think of the book. <laughs> a 90s rapper promotes vegetarian living with a recipe for word to your mother salad, which calls for one head of this green leafy vegetable. Helene. Vanilla iceberg lettuce? Yes. Jack, great job, but Helene is going to be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. This is NPR's Ask Me Another, and coming up, we'll talk to our VIP author, A.J. Jacobs, about how he read the encyclopedia from front to back, lived biblically for a whole year, and then tried to become the healthiest person in the world. But how will he fare in an Ask Me Another challenge? We're about to find out, so stay tuned. People of New York City, have you heard about Radio Love Fest? Ask me another is live at BAM. Friday, June 6th at 7.30. WNYC's Ask Me Another, Ophira Eisenberg will be hosting. Jonathan Colton is the house band. Puzzles and games and us, they're not the giants. Plus Chad and Rob from Radio Lab. I'm forgetting something about this evening. Oh, times and tickets for the Radio Love Fest at BAM.org slash Radio Love Fest. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is Esquire Magazine's editor-at-large and author of New York Times best-selling books, The Know-It-All and The Year of Living Biblically. Give it up for A.J. Jacobs. Thank you. Thank you, Ophira. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Pleasure to be here. So in our earlier trivia question about you, we talked that you uh, spent time on a treadmill standing up, writing Drop Dead Healthy. Right, yes. About a thousand miles, that's right? About a thousand miles, yeah. I, uh, because sitting is so bad. We're sitting right now, yeah. so I feel guilty. But uh, <laughs> sitting is uh, actually quite unhealthy, so I thought I'd better walk and write the book at the same time. And now that you're finished the book, are you back to the chair? You or? know, I still do the walking. and No way. I do, I do. And by the way, I am extremely uncoordinated. So if I can do this, I think other people can. So you've built a, a permanent structure of treadmill and desk? Yes, yes, exactly. It is a permanent <laughs> structure of treadmill and desk. So when you go home at night at 2 in the morning, you're on a treadmill? Well, I wouldn't say... when I don't get home at 2 in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got three kids. Okay, That's sorry. <laughs> I wish. Okay. <laughs> All right, so when you get up at 5 in the morning... There you go. You go on your treadmill. Yes, absolutely. I heard that you said when you were, you know, you're writing Drop Dead Healthy, your quest to become the healthiest person alive, right. that it almost killed you. Yes. It well, was, how is that possible? Well, it was very painful. It was <laughs> because I had never done anything before. I'd never gone to a gym. You know, I had, uh, my body was uh, what they call skinny fat, so I looked like a snake that had swallowed a goat. <laughs> and uh, so this was a shock to my system. You know, I did start out slowly. So I started out with the, the chocolate 
alcohol and coffee diet because all of those in moderation of course in moderation that's a diet, are good. by the way yeah. that's a diet <laughs> well it's one i made up but then i realized that had some that's had some limitations and i had to really go full force you call yourself a human guinea pig right you read the encyclopedia all the way through and wrote about that you've done numerous stunts uh, in the guinea pig diaries, and then you lived your life according to the Bible for a year. Where do you get these ideas? You just decide, you know what, I'm just going to immerse myself. Why? Well, that's it. You know, usually it's out of pure ignorance because, uh, you know, for the Bible book, I knew nothing about the Bible or religion. As I say in the book, I'm Jewish, but I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. So... uh, (laughs) Not very. So I thought this was one way to learn about the Bible, is by living it, by learning it from the inside out. So that's what I did. I, I, you know, I followed the hundreds of rules. Love your neighbor, Ten Commandments, but also no shaving your beard and, uh, and stoning adulterers. I was... I was <laughs> I use, I use very small pebbles. Oh, so that's was, nice. That's nice. My, uh, very sweet of you. Thanks. And how does your family uh, respond to these stunts that you're they, like, all right, I'm going to grow a big crazy beard and I'm going to stone adulterers and uh, there you go. They have mixed feelings. Mixed <laughs> feelings. I mean, some of it they like. Like my wife liked that I tried to be a better person while living biblically and, and not gossiping. But other things drove her crazy. Like in the Bible it says you cannot touch women during their time of month. And if you take Leviticus really literally, you cannot sit on a seat where a menstruating woman is sat because then the seat is impure. So my wife found that offensive and sat in every seat in our apartment. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good for her. She's very sharp. And uh, I had to stand for much of the year, which turned out to be very healthy. She was looking out for me. How did she like kissing you with the beard? She didn't. She didn't. Not only did she not like it, she did not kiss me with the beard. So I was, I was six months without... Uh, no without, smooching for six months. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for the, uh, for the pity. The yeah. concern. It was, it was not easy. And when you, your first book, uh, The Know-It-All, right. you read the entire encyclopedia, at the end of it, did that improve your life or is ignorance bliss? The sad part is I've forgotten 99% of it, which is, uh, and the parts that I remember are not, they're, they're kind of hard to insert into everyday conversation. Like, like I remember that Rene Descartes had a fetish for cross-eyed women. That, that, that's the stuff that sticks in there. Or that... Uh, the Bayer Aspirin Company in 1898, they uh, created a new cough suppressant. It was called heroin, and uh, <laughs> it was very effective, but it had some side effects, so they had to take it off the market. From the, from the year of living biblically, was there something that you will keep in your life? I mean, one thing is just the idea of gratitude, uh, because the Bible says you have to say thanks all the time. I was saying thanks hundreds of times a day for all the little things that go right that we just take for granted, like that this microphone is working. That's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Right. That's, uh, I'm very thankful for it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to talk about the beard again a little bit. So you, you <laughs> saved the beard. Matter of fact, little spoiler alert, the part of the beard is you're off as a prize. <laughs> I am. I, that was a mixed reaction from the crowd I know, they're there, scared. But, uh, I, I do have another uh, present, just in case, for some crazy reason, someone doesn't want a tuft of my beard hair. And you uh, have been on a game show before, because during the know-it-all, you went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? But The nemesis in that book is my brother-in-law, who is just a condescending, infuriating know-it-all. I think he'd be happy with me saying that. He knows it. So when I finally got on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I got to the $32,000 level, and he was my phone-a-friend. So I call him up, and he blows it. He chokes. So I humiliated myself on national television, but I brought him down with me. So it was... It was almost worth that 32000 Not quite. All right. Well, you're pretty much up for anything, I can tell from what you've already done with your life and immersed yourself into. But I ask you, are you up for it? Ask me another challenge. I am ready to be humiliated again on national <laughs> airwaves. Very good. Thank you so much. A.J. Jacobs, everybody. Thank you. Now, AJ, we found a contestant for you to play against. Uh, her name is M.R. Hashman. Welcome. Actually, your name is actually Maura Ruth. Yes, that's correct. But Maura, you have many nicknames. That is correct. Throughout my life, I've had several nicknames. And one of them is my email in college was Mr. Hash. 
Uh, so I guess you got a lot of interesting emails. Yeah, it, it definitely gave me an assumed reputation anytime <laughs> I emailed someone. Okay, very good. Good to know. Welcome, Maura Ruth. So in your honor, AJ, this game is called Initial Names. It's about famous people who, like you, go by two initials and a last name. To make it trickier, we'll give you their full given names, dropping their initials, plus a brief description. For example, if I said Hanius Ayler, a 19th century showman, that's Phineas Taylor without the initials. And the answer is P.T. Barnum. Whoever wins gets a special Ask Me Another Prize. How are you feeling, Maura? You're going to be fine. <laughs> Albert Arendt, goosebumps-inducing children's author. AJ. R.L. Stein. Yes, exactly. Thank you. On Earpont, turn of the 20th century plutocrat and bank namesake. AJ. J.P. Morgan. You got that one. Thank yes. You. Catherine on Canadian country shanters and loather of capitalization. AJ. Katie Lang. Katie Lang. Live Taples, Irish author who wrote a series of children's books with a Christian theme. AJ. C.S. Lewis. That's correct. Yeah. Elwin Rooks. Famed writer for the New Yorker magazine, who also gave us Stuart Little and Charlotte's Web. Elwin Rooks. AJ. E.B. White. E.B. White, that is correct. Aritz Ornelius. Dutch graphic artist whose stairways seem to go in circles. AJ. M.C. Escher. MC Escher is correct. AJ, you won this round. <laughs> well done. I'm sorry. Maura, you are fantastic. We have a prize for you. We have an Ask Me Another chamois. It's got trivia on it. You can use it to clean your iPad, eyeglasses. Oh, this is great because I could not solve a Rubik's Cube. Well, we have a Rubik's Cube for AJ Jacobs. Maybe we would like it. It's a special Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Thank you so much to Moira. And one more round of applause for AJ Jacobs. Hey, Jonathan, do we get another song from you tonight? Yes. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to do a song by somebody with uh, two initials in honor of our last game. And so I picked ZZ Top. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't know those Z's are initials, but it's for the two top brothers, Zachariah and Zoloft. <laughs> this is called Sharp Dressed Man. Clean shirt, new shoes. I don't know where I am going to Silk suit, black tie I don't need a reason why Come running just as fast as I can Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man Gold watch, diamond ring I ain't missing not a single thing Cufflinks, stick pin I step out, I'm gonna do you in Come running just as fast as I can Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man Jonathan Colton Thank you All right, now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back our winners from all of our previous games. From Street Smarts, we have Joe DiDio. From A Perfect Game, we have Michael Haskell. From Spricken She Deutsch, we have Alana Miller. From Musical Weather Report, we have Jamie Kopf. And from Supermarket to the Stars, we have Helene Busby. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, to take us out. My pleasure. 
This game is called Check Your Rhyme. All the answers will be people or things with a self-rhyming name, meaning the person's first and last name rhyme or the words in the product or band name rhyme. All you have to do is give us the rhyme. For example, if I said, this actor is one half of the band Tenacious D, you'd say Jack Black. We're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer, and the last person standing is our grand winner. Ready? Joe, it's E.T., the extraterrestrial's favorite candy. Reese's Pieces. Correct. Michael, this former L.A. Lakers center has also tried a rap and movie career. Kazam. Shaquille O'Neal. Correct. Alana. This frozen dinner brand helps you keep off the pounds. Lean Cuisine. Correct. Jamie. In 1975, this daredevil broke his pelvis trying to motorcycle jump over 13 double-decker buses. Evil Knievel. Correct. (laughs) Helene. This website that features streaming video of current TV shows and movies is named after the Chinese characters for Gord. She's thinking. (laughs) Hulu? Yes, Hulu. Joe. On the Cosby Show spinoff, A Different World, he was known for his perfect math SAT scores and his flip-up glasses. Dwayne Wayne. Yes, Dwayne Wayne. Nice work. Michael, come on, feel the noise with this 1980s heavy metal band. Quiet Riot. Yes, Quiet Riot. (laughs) Alana, this children's clothing company was named for the Wisconsin town it was founded in. Oshkosh Bagosh. Yes. Good job, guys. Jamie. This actress starred in the 1933 version of King Kong. She's thinking. She's shaking her head. Got nothing. nothing. Nothing? Okay. Hang on, though. Helene, can you get it? This actress starred in the 1933 version of King Kong. Faye Ray? Yes, that's correct. Jamie, I'm sorry you're out. Joe? Before becoming a film composer, Danny Elfman was a member of this band. Oingo Boingo? Yes, Oingo Boingo. (laughs) Michael, on this popular website, you can resell your concert, sports, or Broadway tickets to another buyer. StubHub. Yes, StubHub. Correct. Alana, this red-haired Happy Days character worked his catchphrase, I still got it, into almost every episode. I never watched it. (laughs) Never watched it. Helene, this red-haired Happy Days character, worked his catchphrase, I still got it, into almost every episode. A few more seconds. Nope. (laughs) Nope. All right. Goes to Joe, then. Joe, this red-haired Happy Days character, worked his catchphrase, I still got it, into almost every episode. Ralph Mouth? Yes, Ralph Mouth. And thank you to Alana and Helene, but I'm sorry you're out. We're down to two contestants, Michael and Joe, battling it out for the title of grand prize winner. Michael, this legendary Southern rock band named themselves after their high school phys ed teacher. Leonard Skinner. Correct. <laughs> Joe. This stretchy candy has jokes for kids written on the inside of the wrapper. Laffy Taffy? Yes, correct. (laughs) Michael, he was the president of France from 1995 to 2007. No, Mitterrand, no, no. No? No, Never, not France. Never France. (laughs) No. Joe, can you answer it correctly to become our grand prize winner? Jacques Chirac. Correct. Jacques Chirac. Congratulations, Joe. 
You're an Ask Me Another big winner, and your prize is not only a piece of A.J. Jacobs' beard. Thank God. From his year of living biblically, but you also get a fancy shaving kit so it will never happen to you. Uh, and a couple signed books of his. So congratulations, Thank Joe. you very much. So this is where we say goodbye or until next week, but you don't have to let the game stop here. Take us with you everywhere by downloading our podcast, or you can always find us on Facebook or Twitter just looking around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Mary Tobler. Hey, my name anagrams to later, my bro. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot Noon. Art Chung. Narc Thug. Is our puzzle editor with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Karen Lurie, Dan Schofield, Noah Tarno, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another is produced by Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. AMA is recorded by Paul Ruest, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtgen. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia Robertson-Migas. And our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. Our home in Brooklyn, New York. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Her Right Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. This week on Ask Me Another, listen to actor and director John Turturro revive his famous film roles. This week on 21, watch Herb Stemple get fed to the Columbia Lions, watch Charles Van Duren eat his first kosher meal. This week on 21. Listen to contestants try to guess the movie. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Join me and John Turturro this week on Ask Me Another. Hey, you're still here? Very cool. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. And, you know, imagine this. Imagine you could call up a friend and say, do you want to meet me at a bar and tell me what's going on with the economy? And now imagine that's a great and super fun conversation. Now, just stop imagining everything and subscribe to the Planet Money podcast. It's fantastic. And you can find Planet Money on iTunes along with all kinds of other great NPR podcasts.